this. What's up with that, guys? Welcome to another episode. Uh, got a special guest with me today, uh, Prabhu. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Thanks for coming by, man. Um, kind of just stumbled upon you on Instagram. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's how I find most of my guests. You know, on Instagram because that just seems to be the way that everybody gets around now. But uh, man, uh, I'm just super impressed with your playing. Thank you. I mean, you're killer. Thank you. Know? you. And got got some killer equipment too, by the way. Yeah. Man. Um, that makes that makes it most of the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's just kind of get into this, man. Like, um, so who are you playing for now? Um, what's 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 going on right now with you? Yeah. Well, um, so I have uh, I guess two main projects that I'm part of right now. Mm -hmm. So the first one is called Bloom. That's my solo project. That's like my it's a it's I go under the moniker Bloom, but yeah. I've doing all the production, writing, guitar, everything. So been doing that for, um, I guess, two to three years now. <clears throat> um, I'm relatively new to Dallas, and uh, like I moved here in 2018. Oh, okay. Started doing Bloom around 2019. Where'd you move from? Uh, I was in the East Coast for a year. Home is Michigan, that's where I did like college and high school. So I, I graduated college in 2016, got a job in the East Coast. Uh, I was out there for a year in uh, New Jersey. And then uh, moved out here, and then uh, wanted to start like a new project from the scratch, just right. like restart my music career. Um, <clears throat> so I've been doing Bloom, which is a metal instrumental uh, project. Started off as actually, I was just doing a lot of like hip hop stuff with it because that's something I did before. Yeah, I've done um, a lot of that too, like hired gun type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this was like a lot of just like electronic, lo-fi, a mix of random electronic stuff, and then. Uh, around 2020, I decided, like, I need to get back into metal. Like, I'm missing playing. Like, I was playing and practicing yeah, metal, dude. but not recording it. I and I was you. like, that's what makes me happy. So, Dude, for a while, I was doing, like, because like, everybody raps now. You know, so, yeah. so they're like, oh, you play guitar? Yeah. Can I get some tracks from you? Yeah. You know, so I was doing that for a while, and then I was like, man, I miss my metal band. Like, oh, yeah. And, like, the cool thing is nowadays there's, like, so much crossover. So, like, yeah. I mean, even with uh, hip-hop, it's like, you can do so much cool guitar work or sometimes I like even going under the I've heard this term that's like not just like metal but like guitar music or you hear like technical music okay. where it's not like genre specific yeah. but um yeah so bloom was something I got more into the metal uh metal space around 2021 um so I released two uh singles uh I think in the beginning of 2022 so uh that's my solo project um and I'm working on a new single that's coming out uh, hopefully in the next two months or a month or I'm just finishing some promo stuff. Then aside from Bloom, uh, I play live guitars for an artist named Brandon Burkhalter. So, and he's a drummer, right? Yeah, he's a drummer and a um, keyboardist. Um, he, an amazing keyboardist too, because he wrote you know all these guitar parts on like a keyboard. So, no way. yeah. So this is all his original music, um, and he's oh, a really okay, really cool. good drummer. Yeah. So. Um, he got me on board this project around last year, um, so we're we've been playing shows right now in the Dallas area, and um, you know trying to expand out to more than that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's been those are the two like main projects. And then aside from that, I do um, I do like you know like guitar work, like kind of what you're saying like hired gun kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, my my wife Haley is actually a musician too, so uh, 
Um, I've been doing some guitar work for some of her solo work, and then uh, we play like busking gigs and like that, like some That's random. convenient. Like, She's got you right there to help. Yeah, I mean, and and likewise, uh, I, I mean, mm -hmm. she sings too, so I'm actually trying to get her onto some songs. And oh hell yeah! Yeah, so um, yeah, I know when you and also gear wise, you can split the cost. I'm like, yeah, I want to get this microphone. It's mm -hmm. like it's like a group family investment as opposed to like one paycheck sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, the main the main projects are uh, Bloom, and then uh, uh, as far as live shows recently, yeah, working with Brandon. So yeah. Right on, man. Uh, let's talk about the single, the World yeah. on Fire. World on Fire. Yeah. So I sent that to you, I think two days ago. I I got the um, got the first draft of the mix um, back from. I got, I'm getting engineered by uh, a man named Russell Holler. He is phenomenal. If you need anything modern metal related, and I'm sure. I, any other genre, he's the guy I think to go to. Um, he had mixed. Uh, I, I got his reference from Brandon because he had uh, engineered Brandon's album, okay. and then um, I usually produce and mix outside of mastering. Uh, I'll do everything until that point myself. But with this song, uh, I just I needed someone else to kind of get in on it. It's a very um, aggressive technical metal song. Um, it's I, very like, technical. Yeah, and uh, and. With that, with kind of that low tune technical stuff, it's very, um, I like hi-fi production stuff. I, mm -hmm. I like things to sound super crisp and super uh, just like on point. So uh, World on Fire is a, uh, a single that I'm working on. Uh, I've got a couple other singles that I'm going to work on. So originally I had uh, the big, for Bloom, the biggest, uh, I had two singles last year, one called Slippy Toad, which is a Star Fox reference, and then one called Yokai. Um, both uh, both kind of uh, inspired me to come up with the, the kind of developed the sound of what I like was searching for a while with okay. metal too um, kind of that like groovy technical mm -hmm. yeah. metal but um, I I set out last uh, at the end of last year to uh, write an album but uh, and I've, and I've got a lot of songs for that but um, something I've been playing with is uh, I kind of want to write some singles and put those out. I had these ideas that I really liked. Like, so I don't know if you've ever been in this uh, mindset where uh, you're writing something, and then something else comes along, and it doesn't fit that. It doesn't really fit the that like unit yeah. or product that you're doing, or like an album. That's when you put it in the bank, or <laughs> yeah. And like I've always, you know, a lot of times I'll be like, all right, just put it in the vault and come back. But there's some ideas I had that I was like, I don't want those to go in a vault. Like I. Like, I'm just, like, I can come up with this whole song right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, do I just put the bigger thing in the vault? Or do I, you know, put this one tinier idea? And I decided, you know, I, I kind of want to expand on some singles um, and just get those ideas out that were more relevant to um, just kind of, like, at that moment. Like, just I just wanted, I didn't want to, like, I, 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 two months ago, or so, I was, like, having this, like, creative... Uh, just like, I don't know, just like this moment where I was like writing something and, and this was all on my computer, just not even with a guitar, just MIDI. And I had these like, not even musical, but just like thematic ideas. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, I went to my phone and started writing just a ton of notes. That's kind of how I write a lot now is like a million notes and I can pull them out and talk about some of them. They're really goofy. Some of them are just like crazy metal song with this or like write about this thing. And I just kept going and then I was like, I'm gonna make a full song out of this, and yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop working on this until I'm tired of working on it. And 
I got a song done in two days. Nice. And so I wrote that song in, I think, two to three days. Um, so for World on Fire, um, I literally uh, sat on my couch, and I, like, had something on the TV, just had, like, a background show, and then just had some headphones on, and then uh, just was going crazy with MIDI and stuff like that. And Because uh, I program, I already do a lot um, with MIDI anyways because like i'm not a drummer so usually when i'm writing drums or drums are i would say 50 percent of like the song uh, like oh, of course in metal especially yeah. like drums carry so much um is brandon playing on this song no so this is all um this is all just programmed by me oh, so no um yeah so i couldn't even tell man well, I, I thought that was brandon on well there. thank you yeah and i and i do want to get um some more um like drummers like Brandon or other uh drummers. same with the bass too everything the, everything's just me so the bass the bass is midi the drums are midi the guitar is real um actually some of the leads are midi um so uh Kidding. wow yeah Brandon turned me on to this uh plugin called shreddage and it's kind of changed a lot because uh it's a it's a, a contact library for guitar for metal guitar it's like an eight string plugin um, and you can run that through your normal FX train. So, like, a, a lot of times I'll use, like, neural DSP plugins yeah. and stuff like that. You just can send the DI out of that thing and then straight into your neural or whatever plugins awesome. you have. You could even reamp into hack specs. But, yeah. And uh, I, I, as a guitar player, I don't like using it as much, mostly because sometimes my first thought is, like, I could play this easier than, yeah, like, yeah. sometimes. Like, because also, if I, especially if I'm not writing it on a keyboard, like the tactile part of it, like if you're drawing it in, sometimes like to actually get it to sound like a real guitar, you got to do all these things like edit the the velocities and all all this like surgical stuff. Where when you're in creative mode, it can kind of kill that. Like sure, sure. I don't know. Last thing you want to do is like automate. Because well, it's usually just kind of flowing out of you. Yeah. Like, you sit there and hit like a speed bump. Mm -hmm. Go in here and edit this little thing down. You know. But I decided. Um, so with that, I had the I had. Um, I was just like playing around with dialing in some tones with drums for other stuff. And then uh, for bass, I use this thing called Gin Bass, which is another bass uh, MIDI library. It's just for like a, it's like modeled after a Dingwall, like five string bass. Uh, okay. Sounds insane. And I think for an album and for some other stuff, I do want to like, I have bass guitars, I have all that stuff. I, I do think for like a bigger like a bigger uh, piece of work or art like I would love to do like a more live arrangement also just from like from input like uh, working with drummers and stuff there's a lot of stuff that like I wouldn't think of I've gotten a lot better at program drums working with a drummer uh, and playing in a drummer's band because uh, a lot of the cues that for things I'll mm -hmm. notice where I'm like oh that's like these little fills actually help bring yeah. like this sort of thematic change and stuff like that so I've gotten a lot better uh, knowing how drums work because of that, but um, with this song, I just I wanted I just wanted to me a big part was uh, speed, like just getting something out quick and getting this idea that I had in my mind fully fleshed out that was already fully fleshed out onto uh, like actually like onto a, like not paper but whatever like I get it get it all laid out because I think with the album sometimes when you're going setting out to write seven to eight songs you can hit this like creative wall where you're just like I don't know where to take this I don't know where to take this how do I flow this how? so this was kind of like the productive procrastination in a way because I was like let me just put the album on hold and then just start fresh and uh yeah so 
that song honestly came together um, a couple days. I had MIDI guitars um, for a while, which it sounded super robotic, but still sounded good to me. And I was like, wow, I could just send it off this way. So I actually am getting a music video done, but I had sent off the, I think I sent him the version that had the MIDI guitar or something. Really? But um, yeah, there's, uh, the, and to me, I think one of the things is I, I don't really see, to me, I like the end product and to me, like what now? I recorded it with real guitars because it's gonna sound way better, and I'm also gonna play it. Like yeah. I can't. I I still feel like I can't just throw a thing with MIDI guitars and be a guitar player. I gotta do this. Yeah, just don't sit right with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I gotta do some work, but um, I still see it as like if the final product's good. Then final, I like that's what I care about is like yeah. a song that I like. So. What's the tuning on that song? Uh, it's I use a seven string guitar. Um, it's, it's in drop G, so it's I, like I, a, dude. I, I I had a feeling that was G. Yeah, yeah. It's a so it's basically a um, it's like a standard tuned guitar. And then you right. drop it um, you drop it to D standard right. for the six string part, and then that low you get a G. So that's what we actually play for um, our live set for Brandon's stuff too. So I've just kept um, I, right now I'm. Uh, I've been alternating between using six strings and seven strings for Bloom. Um, my six string I use is a Gibson SG, a uh, very different guitar than this. It's a 61 SG with like P90s in it. Very. Uh, I didn't know it was a 61. So yeah, that, dude, those are the best ones. Wow. Those are the ones. That's the one I that's really wanted because it's got the, um, it's got the P90s and it's got a really thin neck. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's perfect. I love it. Um, it's like it's a very. <clears throat> As far as like vintage guitars go, it's a very metal guitar in terms of like how it feels because it's got that slim neck and everything. Um, that's what I wrote on my song "Slippy Toad" in, and I I play that in like an open D flat. It's a you know dad gad that tuning. Yeah, yeah. It's that just dropped half step, so it's like D flat. Yeah, okay. Dad gad, yeah, D flat dad, or I don't know what, <laughs> what the name is, but um, and that open tuning is like gives me so many ideas because it's like get these different chord shapes and stuff mm -hmm. like that and like especially for metal I'm, I'm not necessarily the most like solo i don't i don't like solo a ton like I, I like doing those and i like throwing leads but like um the reason i like those open tunings is you can get like these you can think of these like it kind of makes you think differently with the guitar you're not going into the yeah. same you know it breaks you out of that mold anatonic scales yes. that you're doing you're kind of like this is i don't it usually would get to this note here, but now I've got to like think of it different. So mm -hmm. you can kind of come up with. Sometimes I'll play what I initially would intend in standard, and then I'm like, wait, but that sounded weird. But that sounded cool. So like, just, right. I don't know. You say you're not a big solo guy, but the 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 last little solo at the end of the song. Oh, uh, the, the da na 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 na. I I can play. I can play that. That's I've been practicing. I can pull that out. That'd be want. dope, man. But the legato on that is so smooth. Well, that's the funny part is uh. That's actually MIDI. Is it? Okay. <laughs> that's MIDI, but... Uh, <laughs> I was listening to it, and I was like, damn, this is so, like, smooth. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about these... Uh, uh, I think the one you're talking about is... Uh, the... Yeah. So I've actually been practicing the crap out of that one, because I... With playing these live, I wanted to... You know, it's pl still pulling these off live is... Uh, I keep that in mind when I'm writing stuff, too, where I'm just like, yeah, even if I'm writing MIDI or something, it's like, I want to pull this off live. So, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that one goes, uh, ah. Yep. It's all, and it's all 6-8, that song. So it's, like, got that, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm -hmm. so, so actually playing in 6-8, 
is really fun to me. Um, that's actually little things like that, switching from like four four to six eight and stuff, really uh, change uh, my writing and and it, and it feels like brand new because it's just like I don't always write in six eight, but now I'm like you know writing a little bit more stuff in six eight and uh, it's just like a, it just changes kind of how I would write stuff and it, like with that song it kind of. Uh, there is another song. There's another riff in there that uh, I I think of it as like the pirate riff. It, it went like uh, I, again. I'm still learning. I'm still practicing these yeah. songs a lot. I've been in like writing mode for recording, but like you know when you write and record, you can like do uh, one section. You don't have to you, master it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I get uh, it. There's one riff that goes, uh, goes like. That that part is the hard like. Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, Those little triplets right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's like a part that goes. I was like, uh, makes me think of like a pirate or something, and that, yeah. that's kind of how I, with instrumental, like when I write, actually a lot of my notes are, are like references to like cinematic things. So, that's actually been how I wrote. That's how I wrote Yokai. Um, it was a big. A big inspiration for that was um, like Japanese and like South Indian horror movies and stuff, uh, and like kind of working backwards from like thinking about what would I do for a music video, and then take notes on sections. So like little different riffs were like in my head, like oh this would be cool if this was like for this part of a music video or this. So yeah, you're it, thinking about the whole picture. Yeah, I just need the money now to pay to get the music <laughs> yeah, videos. Don't we all, don't we yeah, all. <laughs> um, but the um, but that that kind of helps because like uh, something I was getting into is like I want to really, really want to like score a movie one day. I really okay. want to like work on soundtracks and movies and stuff. And the reason being is like with instrumental music, I think it's a great medium for like paired with visual art and like it's it's really cool to like get that inspiration from like seeing something and feeling like you're you know setting the tone for that sure. and, and like because because when i write i because when i'm not writing lyrics it's like i'm not drawing from maybe the same i'm, I'm drawing from the same emotions that like i think a lot of singer songwriters or lyricists draw from of like personal things but yeah. like i'm not like thinking it's not poetry that i'm doing so it's not like i i'm like how do i how do i convey a vulnerable feeling feeling but like through this wacky seven string guitar like it's like very different so sometimes when i have a visual reference it helps me so with this song um this song there like that that riff when i said it's like a pirate riff that's like what i think is six eight that's a good way to put it like i think of that like because that part it goes from like this crazy fast thing to like this breakdown that has like machine gun samples and stuff and then like that that one riff the um and yeah, I just I just kind of cinematically thought of like what that would be. And that that's the inspiration for the song "World on Fire" came from uh, just uh, kind of the last year, personally, and like just like societally or politically. Sure. Just like um, I went through a lot of stuff this last year, uh, personally, that just was like chaotic and stuff. And then uh, like I think we all did collectively from like 
there was so much stuff in like the news and like violence and things like that mm-hmm. and so much like just so much stuff we went through you know um and like from like a i feel like there was a period where we were all on edge and then also it was like 110 degrees for like four months or something and like um you know there was a period where i was just like you know i found myself just angry all the time because it's hot and like and and like just i was thinking thematically of like what is that like when like kind of like the pressures like personally or societally like when like i was thinking about the like world on fire of just like literally like our world is actually on fire there's like fire wildfires and forest fires and like mm-hmm. the temperature is rising and like this is feels miserable and this is horrible but then also like the the like social implication of that of just like i feel like everyone's on edge and just like yeah. it's like burning up but, i like it but the uh but the but the the contrast to that what i wanted is i wanted it to start with this like super party like like lamb of god like yeah uh, because I, I wanted it to still feel like world's on fire, but like we're still in our like little own universe and we're just partying up or like we're like it feels like the world's on fire. But like I was realizing like there are certain things like sometimes you get so desensitized to some when there's so much chaotic stuff that you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, OK, yeah, that that didn't phase me because I just have other stuff I need to do yeah. or like or I'm just like you'll see something on Instagram that's like, God, that's horrific. Or, or I'm late to drinks with my buddies. I, I got to go. we all do that. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I was just having that reflection of just, like, you know, how much stuff felt, like, chaotic, but then, like, the contrast of just, like, kind of feeling, like, defeating me. Like, ah, whatever. I'm just yeah. gonna, no, I get it, man. Like, I, I think it's a, a great little uh, amalgamation of things that you... Yeah, that's a cool getting. word, amalgamation. Yeah. It's a nice name for a song. Isn't it? Amalgamation. <laughs> or a band name. That's, like, a death metal band name. Hell, yeah. Uh, what about Monster Mosh, man? How, how did that even come about for you? That was good. I mean, that was something we played for Brandon's uh, for uh, Brandon's set. Um, Monster Mosh was really cool because um, so many good bands. I mean, like it's so just many, like, dude. Band, like I mean, I was just like, I was really excited and happy to play, but um, I was equally just happy to to like see some of a lot of bands. Like uh, one of the bands we played with. Um, uh, on the same stage was Impending Doom, and I love that band. Oh, they're like, so sick. Yeah, they're so good. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I got this cool to, you know, see all these cool bands. It's like a great, um, like, the lineup is just amazing. And I, and I think also uh, turnout for shows is just really good because, like, I think there's just, I don't know if it's just, like, a factor of, like, post-COVID or something, but, like, I just feel like there's so many good shows happening. Maybe it's, like, bands just, like, there wasn't live yeah, music for I a while. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And Everyone trying to get out now. Yeah, and yeah. I just feel like there's just so much good stuff happening, and it's fun to, to be part of that. And like, yeah, I, Monster Mash was cool. I mean, uh, we, um, that was that's thrown by Third String Productions, and like we played a couple of their shows. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's just it's just a great time. It was a uh, fun experience. That was my fir- that was my first uh, Monster Mosh that I've played. Um, and and like I said, I was I'm relatively new to Dallas, so like. To me, um, when I moved here um, 2018, I was working with some artists here, and we were about to, you know, launch this live, um, live shows for their stuff. But then COVID hit, and then I couldn't really do much with that. Yeah. Um, so like the last couple of years, I hadn't been playing live. I was I was mostly just recording and doing more stuff on the internet, Instagram. Instagram that was a big. It's like honestly been where I just like live now for like doing music stuff a lot of times. But 
with stuff like the last couple of months we played um trees and three links and then monster mosh it's been for me it's been uh i'm new to dallas so i haven't been to like outside of playing i haven't actually even been to a lot of these concerts like monster mosh and stuff just because or um i don't know other festivals and stuff like that just because like uh, shows really have only been a thing for like a year and a half now i think yeah. it's not been that long because i remember in 2022 like that was the first show I went to since, like, pre-COVID. It took a while to, to get all the bands back out there again, but, but it seems like everybody's back in, like, full swing tour mode. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, those festivals are cool because you see other awesome musicians. And, and as a musician... It's like a big family reunion, you know? Yeah, and it's a great, like, you know, networking thing, too. Mm-hmm. You're seeing other artists who are... You know, working super hard. One thing I love about, like, metal shows is, like, you hardly ever see, like, all the metal heads out in public. Yeah. But, but they show up for the show, dude, and they're mm-hmm. all there in all their metal shirts and shit. And, like, you, but you don't ever see them out in public. Yeah. And, and the, <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I thought about that, too. That's a, you put it in a, I, I didn't know what I was, like, I felt that, but I hadn't, mm-hmm. like. You're, you're looking around, like, where are you people? Like. Yeah, you're all here now, but like, where are you like in like normal normal days? You know. Yeah, and like um, the other thing I like about metal shows is that like, generally speaking, people are very chill or like. Oh yeah. Uh, I I saw this thing about like it's like uh, angry music for happy people. Um, like, like uh, but um, it, it like like my parents who came they they've come out to a lot of shows and stuff and like when they were at Monster <laughs> they were at Monster Mosh and uh right before I was going on, I saw them standing in the middle of, like, the air, like, the middle of, like, the audience. Uh-oh. And I think because they were like, oh, it's cool, there's an opening, it's great. Yeah. And I was like, there's an opening That's for the, a reason. Yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 move. <laughs> I, like, before I got on, I was, like, ran to them because I was like, oh, my God, I love you. I, I can't, like, just walk away from the, I was, like, mm-hmm. panicking. Um, but in general, just, like, even at past shows and stuff, like, people were so, like, I've taken my, you know, I've taken like my my younger cousin who's not been to like metal show to metal shows and stuff, and like people when you tell them like, oh, this is their first metal show, they're like, there's like this pride I think that comes with this, like, yeah. oh, you're here, we're you're like, it, I think a little bit is like, especially with like the more the kind of like deeper you get into the like metal spectrum of things or or like I don't know what you call it, but like the metal verse, but uh, metal there's, verse. <laughs> there's like, it, it's I think most a lot of people are aware it's a niche thing like Mm -hmm. it's a niche like we're all nerds to some extent like we're all like you know we all like are doing something that's kind of like not as much in the mainstream i do it's kind of fringe i think i had i hesitate to say that because like the cool thing is that metal has become a lot more mainstream as a late like i i was thinking about like how much more heavy music has gotten like like popular again like with sleep token and stuff like that or like there's so many just like there's so much crossover and like you sometimes with like metal like i i think it's actually popular now it's kind of like with the early 2000s like bands yeah. like system or Linkin park um so i i do think it is not maybe as fringe as before but i think in general like i think there's some pride not outside of just like oh i like this band like sometimes with a pop artist you're not like oh my god we're representing pop it's just like, oh, we're here to represent BTS or yeah. uh, Taylor Swift or whatever. But, like, with metal, it's, like, it's not just this band. Like, metal. Like, people are, like, I, I'm going to a metal show. I'm yeah. going to, a, like. You, this is a way of life. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, the, the genre is almost, like, part of that. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think it's cool. Um, and yeah, Monster Mirage is just like a a big version of that. So that's awesome, man. So while you got your guitar in your hand, man, let's talk about your gear for a little bit. Yeah. So. So you got the Majesty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this is a this is a seven string uh, Ernie Ball Music Man Majesty. It's a handful of words or mouthful. Um, so this is a this is kind of like my primary guitar as of late. This is what I use live. Um, and this is the one that's in drop G. Um, this guitar is like, when I first got it, I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, this, I don't, I feel like I'm playing stuff that I'm not good enough to play. Like, I, like it, it's so like intricately designed that it like removes a lot of the obstacles of I mean, like, dude, people that play those, like John Petrucci. Yeah, I mean, this is his. Yeah, I thought that was his, yeah. Uh, Jason Richardson. Yeah, and you know. he actually, I, <laughs> speaking of expense, I just bought a, Jason Richardson's uh, Cutlass, like the, his signature model. That one is another beast of a guitar. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll have to show you that sometime. That one is like, yeah, I mean, between this and Jason Rich and all the people that play it, there's a reason they think they play it, because, like, it's fast. Yeah. Like, but, sorry, I cut you off. You're, no, no, you're good, man. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's what I like about this guitar is that it's, like, designed very, like, uh, it's it's very it's very different than like any other guitar because and this is not to say like there aren't other guitars or manufacturers that do it but what i like about it is so it's a signature model but something i was thinking about is like a lot of signature models are like maybe it's just like another guitar that's in that line but then it's you know maybe they change some things like yeah there's like a they'll have like the fender jim root jazz master or something and I, I really want one of those too but um that's like a jazz master there's already like the model and then there's like a customized version yeah versus like the majesty is like there's not like a non-john petrucci majesty mm -hmm. like he designed this they, like, use, they have the entry level one and then they have the, the like, yeah one, you know? but they're all like john, john it's like when they have a uh, when they have like an artist model it's like it's not it's not like one of their standard things i guess the jason Richardson cutlass is like originally a cutlass but like i just think that like this is cool because it's like really doesn't look like another guitar like it doesn't look like a strat it doesn't no, look it like doesn't, a, it's like yeah. just looks like its own thing mm -hmm. and so that that kind of stands out to me like to me that was cool but it's also like designed in a way that's just like it's so thin it's it, the, the it's so lightweight like i'm holding i'm not a strong guy i'm a tiny guy like this is i can hold this up with like one arm and like it's like, it just looks metal things like, fuck, yeah man. that too i i wasn't actually sure if i'd like the stealth black i think that's what it's called stealth black but um because there was usually i liked guitars that were like kind of out there like mm -hmm. or or like more gaudy flashy guitars but like the stealth matte black is so clean and yeah. crisp and like especially also with the matte finishing too is like when you're sweating and playing you're not like Sometimes with the gloss finish, you're just like... Oh, it's slipping all over, yeah. dude. Yeah. Whereas this thing, it's like, it's just there. It's like... Dude, if I, if I get my strat sweaty, my hand's just like sliding all <laughs> over, dude. I right. Know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, yeah. So like with uh, this guitar, yeah, I mean, it just looks sleek, but the feel and then the sound of it, um, it's it's just like big sounding. And it's got a, it's got a tremolo, but like... It's not a locking bridge or anything, but you can do these like crazy, like, like all those crazy stuff, but it stays in tune. And yeah. like, um, the other thing I like, really nerdy thing about it is uh, 
you can if you push this it's like a 20 decibel boost oh no so shit it makes it like i don't know if you can hear a difference between it's cool so uh there's like this real big boost with it um it just like sounds massive it's uh there it's like it's just got like a all the bells and whistles and stuff like that and there's like there's some the cool thing about in general like nowadays is that like there's so many guitars and there's so many there's so many ways to get guitars because like it's not like whatever's just at your local store it's like I, I, you don't really see these in like not really many no. stores I think Guitar Center does carry Majesties now when you go to some of the like the nicer they ones. They got a couple of them, maybe. But yeah, because they have like a it's platinum room. It's not like a row of or... like strats, you know. Yeah, they have like a platinum room at some of them, and I don't know if you can even play. Like, I don't know if it's like, cool to go play them there. Like, yeah. they, it's like they keep it away in a different. Well, room like I said, room. when you pull it out, this is the first time I've seen one in person. Because like they're always behind something, or like yeah. you got to ask to play it, or. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like so many like these kind of guitars. Th- that is the hard part, though. Because I bought it, I had played one, a six-string, like, years ago, like, in 2018 or 2019, because I tried one actually at a guitar center, it, but it's, like, the Sterling model, and then I think um, the person who worked there is like, hey, you can try this this one, this is, like, the Music Man one, and I remember being like, whoa, this guitar is insane, mm-hmm. this is, like, I was just, like, pulling all this shreddy stuff that I was like, I didn't know I could do that, <laughs> um, but still, it was, it is hard sometimes when you're buying online, because you're like, hope i like this guitar right. i'm gonna buy it and and these aren't these it's aren't kinda a, weird to get a guitar online you know because yeah. you usually sit, get a chance to sit down sit down with it and feel it out and because yeah. just because something's an amazing guitar too doesn't mean you will like it because right. there's there's so much subjectivity with it because like even with this guitar i'm sure they're like you know there's so many people that like wouldn't like it as much i have a friend who um has one and uh but he's more of like a Gibson guy and like okay. Buzz Pauls and stuff. So like, some people like the thin neck doesn't appeal because like that they they might be doing uh, you know more bluesy stuff or or they they don't need to maybe do uh, they're, maybe they're using their thumb or something right. which I can't do ever and like Me neither. Um, so yeah, I mean I think this guitar uh, it's just versatile to do everything. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this. I, I do want to like um, try a six string version too because one of the things that was like hard when I first got it was uh, I'd had a seven I had a crappy seven string in college and then I I didn't really come I didn't really uh, consider that like knowing a lot about seven strings because like I, that guitar was just like really cheap I traded it for a Squire Strat because I was like I'd, I'd rather have that right now than okay. um, so I relatively was new to seven strings when i got it so at first i was comparing my experience with the two to like what is you know what's playing a six string and the seven string is different technique wise too so like there are are little things that like i'd learned that i was like doing kind of wrong or or just not like you can't get away with in the same way with like muting because like you gotta move it just a little bit more um like closer to the pickups uh off the bridge because uh just for like the muting and the tension and all that stuff, like it'll sound way better. But I didn't know that for like the first it's five, six months of playing that Majesty. So like at first I was like, man, I don't know. Like I can't get a good tone out of this. I feel like I'm getting so much string noise and stuff. But a lot of it was like technique. So like even without just 
changing strings or anything else. Like I had to relearn sevens. Right. But uh, I want to play a six string version of this because I feel like if I can play a seven string and love it, like I can't imagine what the six string feels like. It's gotta it be is. easier. Yeah, exactly. It's like, gotta be. Because now when I play six strings, I'm like, oh, it's just tiny. Like this mm-hmm. guitar is just like. Like, because after playing seven strings and you're doing those, like, big stretches and stuff, it's like, when you go to a six string, you're just like, oh, I can, like, do these crazy, like, uh, like. Extended reaches and stuff. Yeah, like, stuff like that, yeah. Um, But, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, So you kind of talked about it earlier, but, like, Instagram guitar players, there's (laughs) there's an influx of them now, right? So, like, there's there's so many people that kind of, like, make a living as an Instagram guitar player. And I, I think I think a lot of people like Jason Richardson, Tim Henson, Jared Dines, um, Charles Caswell. Oh like, yeah, th- those dudes are like kind of like Instagram like influencer yeah. players almost, you know. Yeah. But like like what's what's your opinion on that, man? Because like if you can, you talked about like people making money on it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a sweet way to make money. Right. I mean, like it's, I mean it's it's cool. I mean, I think Instagram. I mean, on a on a smaller scale, like I. Like it's that's how I've met you, right? Instagram, and like that's how I've uh, for a lot of uh, local opportunities too in Dallas, and like for or for like guest solo stuff or whatever. It's like Instagram has been honestly, that's like been the way that that's like kind of been the channel to like get that. Um, so, I mean, I think with the <clears throat> YouTube guitar player or Instagram guitar player, it's interesting because like YouTube and Instagram are slightly different. A little bit, right? Like, and Instagram and 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 even between the 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 platforms it's like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube are there's like subtle differences in it's what different you different audiences yeah because mm-hmm. I think I think like I feel like YouTube is very centered on or not very centered but like there's a big center on like gear mm-hmm. then Instagram has a big center on playing and then like TikTok TikTok's also with playing but like kind of like just meme guitar stuff it's or like goofy stuff yeah or or just like hyper impressive stuff that's like you're just like oh my god like how did like some person playing like i don't know moonlight sonata by Mm. beethoven with like one finger or something that's just like what the heck like how um like the instagram guitar thing i the reason i like instagram of all the platforms or just in general like even before like i had twitter and i didn't care for twitter that much but like i think the big reason is just like it's so focused on like content and also not super long content. It's like long enough that it's not memes, but like short enough that you're not like like to create a really long YouTube video is like a lot of work. Like a lot of I, I have a lot of respect for like the YouTube uh, like YouTubers who are doing stuff like Ola, like Ola England. I don't know if you watch him. Yeah. Uh, super good and uh, or like Fluff. I think his name's Ryan Bruce. Um, he's another great guitarist and like they're making like long form content that's like that's like running a tv show or something yeah tim henson has started doing that too like he he does like he'll do like these uh like studio tours of his of his studio and stuff yeah like like playthroughs on songs yeah so like i think there's like a lot with youtube that's like for like the long for like the long form and stuff but like instagram's kind of that cool middle i find because there's like especially when you have a quick idea but then you don't necessarily think that idea uh like if you did it's kind of how, like, with SNL, I think, uh, like, SNL used to be, I think, really funny when I was a kid, and I thought that was really funny, but then, like, now sometimes I, like, see SNL skits, and sometimes I was like, okay, it's, like, five minutes of the same. Like, the, yeah. the punchline was, like, yeah. one minute, and it was good, but, like, like 
their Instagram skits that are like so funny, but they've condensed into a short period. But it's not like too short, in my opinion. So I think Instagram's that sweet spot. And I think a lot of those people that you mentioned, like I really like um, Charles Caswell. He's the buried alive right, guy, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I posted something by him today. Uh, his his guitar playing is just insane. And dude, like, it's crazy because like I kind of <laughs> yeah, dude, all the tapping. Yeah. yeah. Um, they like they like became like a a mainstream band through Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because he used to be, I think, in a band called Reflections. So I like ten years ago when it was like the early internet gent thing. I think that was the band. I need to double check that if that was him in that band. But, like, he was in a band that, like, I liked, I think. And, um, like, I didn't know his name. I just knew the band. But then, like, I saw some Instagram videos. Like, someone sent me Buried Alive, and they're like, dude, you need to check out this band. It's, mm-hmm. like, the, or the guitar work in, the, the, in this band. And, uh, but it's, it's kind of like you can create, um, I, I think, too, it's, like, a, a way to create snippets of your music that focus on, like, the technical. Like, what is your technical thing that you do? Or what is your, like, niche or your thing? And that that's something I've tried to, like, figure out. And, like, so for me, realizing, like, fat playing fast. Like, that's, like, fast rhythmic or complicated rhythmic stuff or, like, mm-hmm. treating it like a... So, like, you know, every guitar player has kind of found that, I think, with Instagram is able to, like, publicize what their thing is and then that can lead them to yeah. your music and that, so i think that's where instagram is a great it's like it's a great marketing tool it's a great like um it's, it's a great like uh show it's a great showcase for like ideas that might not also like make it into a full song too like sure. sometimes i have these r- little things that i'm like oh, i should post this instagram because i'm like i don't even know if i want to make this a five minute song because like i don't know if there's anything like, cause when you think of a song, sometimes you're also thinking of like, what am I? You're not just thinking about like, I want to write something cool. Like you're sometimes like, I want to tell this like, what's the story I'm trying to tell? What's the purpose of the song? How would I market this? I How, think that's the difference in just like an artist and like just someone who plays a guitar, you know? Maybe yeah. yeah. And let's. I mean, that was for me like, I mean, outside of like metal and stuff, I'm a big fan of like, uh, like video game music and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm a or um just like rock and like early like i grew up listening to like rock music like 70s rock and stuff like that and like yeah so so sometimes like when you're thinking of writing a song and you're yeah you're thinking about like i'm not i don't want to just think about only like what am i doing on the guitar but it's like what am i doing that's like as an artist or as a musician but yeah instagram though sometimes i'll think of something i'm like this is just purely cool on the guitar like I should post this. I like, I'm proud of this. I think this is like, or, or, and that's, I think another way too is like, uh, Instagram has become a great tool for learning things. Like, even if it's not just like sitting down to like learn, um, like, you know, like break down things, it's like learning little techniques that like, um, there's, there's a guitar player named Sebastian Side. Um, I don't know his full name, Sebastian something. He's super nice, super cool guy amazing rhythm like he's just insane and he does this like technique that i've been trying to work on too um because he does this like four finger technique where it's like oh okay yeah have you seen that have you seen him before? i've seen videos of that before yeah, yeah and like i've been trying to get better at that because i but i never even thought about that had i not seen his video right and it wasn't like i went to search for that thing it just like happened to be in my newsfeed or something mm-hmm. i was like whoa that's cool and then now i've dug into like his music and like follow all his stuff so i think it's 
yeah, I think it's a really cool, um, and, and the fact that people can like monetize on like their niche mm-hmm. and like be the brand ambassador for not just like themselves, but like a like technique and style of playing. And, yeah. I don't know. It's cool. No, there's some, some cool Instagram videos I like to watch is like, um, like guitar repair, like luthier stuff. Oh, okay. I love watching that shit. Dude. I can sit there and watch that shit all send, day. Send me some of that because I'm I'm trying to get better at that because it gets expensive. It's awesome. Dude. I can sit there and watch somebody refret a guitar all day. Really? Like, yeah, okay. It's that's cool, cool, dude. They sit there and pop all the frets off, sand it all down real nice. Oh, that's, so cool. that's like that's like intense guitar. Yeah. That's not just like here's how you change. Oh the no thing. no, this is like luthier stuff like. I, okay. like you work at a guitar shop. Do you do that kind of stuff? I don't like, know. I don't no, know. no. That's why I like watching it because okay. I don't. I don't know how to do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I barely like know how to like. Oh man, yeah. I don't, I'll, like I'll set st- up your yeah. Guitar. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Get the intonation right and all that shit. I barely know how to do all that. So yeah, I mean, a lot of times though, it's like with certain guitars you don't need to like with guitars like this. That is one thing I found like because it's a floating bridge. Mm-hmm. You have so much. Uh, you have so much. You can like. You can get that note really far. So it's like a lot of times like things like weather and stuff like that um, can throw guitars like this off yeah. a lot. But what's cool actually with this guitar, which I wish every guitar did, is that the truss rod adjuster is here. So usually it's Instead under up top, that thing yeah. and you gotta yeah. unscrew. Which, and then how do you adjust it here? Like this little thing, I was like, this is genius. Like why have other guitars not done i'm sure there are other guitars but it's not a common thing right but like that that has made it where it's like sometimes when i'm like uh like necks a little bit uh like it's like the action's a little bit high or something let me adjust it real quick and just but yeah i mean that's a whole rabbit hole that like i'm too scared sometimes to go down because i'm oh like, me too I do dude. that to my guitar i'm yeah. gonna screw it up and then dude I'm, one time when i first got the guitar i switched the pit guard on it yeah it used to be this one yeah. And I put the black one on it. I like the black. Yeah. It's uh, something about the white pickups on the black is just oh. Yeah. And so but when you when you take the pick the pick guard off, there's all these little rubber grommets underneath there that hold it hold the screws in place so that there's no vibration. Okay. I didn't know that. So when I took it off they all just went those. it like exploded out and I was like, Fuck. <laughs> how do I put this back together? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there trying to like surgery this thing back together and it, it's man, it, it, it took me a while, but like so I, I love watching those videos of like how to yeah. Do all this change pickups or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's a that's a cool one to like that. I do want to learn how to do that because then like, just opens up. That's such a big part of your tone that opens up so much possibility. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. So I got this segment called Hit or Shit that I do. Hit or shit. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And so basically, I'm just gonna ask you a few things and you tell me if it's hit or shit hit for or you. Hit or shit. That's cool. All right. So first thing on my hit or shit list is um studio session work like the hired gun type thing so hit meaning like would i do it like so hit meaning like you like it shit you don't like it oh studio uh hit um i i love studio work one because uh i can do it i I can do a lot of it at home too Mm -hmm. i i i'm uh like have a record a good recording setup and like i already record my own stuff so I'm the reason I like it too is there's like speed and I can I can get a lot done quick with it so like I think uh oh wait am I supposed to explain it or just go no no it's fine yeah no, no, no. uh it's hit it's a hit but yeah. um yeah I mean I think it's just like um studio is also that time you can get it like perfect it's mm-hmm. like I don't know you can like um 
it's like cool to listen back to something you did and you're just like, whoa, that sounds like. Because after a time, like there are different feelings with it. Live is more for myself. I think playing live is more for myself and like the, the, the like energy that comes with that. Yeah. And like it's a therapeutic thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then with recording, there's like a thing where I'm like, after some time, you kind of separate yourself from the work that you did. Like there's stuff that I did in like 10 years ago in college that I was like, I don't relate to that album in the same in the sense that like I'm not thinking about when I recorded. I'm like I kind of remember when I recorded it, but like when I listen to, it, I'm like I don't. It just sounds like I'm listening to a different artist, like some yeah. guy who made this album. And that. I'm like, that's a cool feeling though, because yeah. like when especially when you like a song, then you're like, did I do that? Like <laughs> did, I do that? <laughs> did I do that? It's like, but you're just like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, how did I write that? Or why did I right. think of that? Like or even with this world on fire, I was like. It happened so fast, I was like, I don't know why I wrote that thing, but I'm glad I did. And, like, so studio work is kind of, like, uh, it's it removes, I think, a little bit of your ego from it. And you're just like, oh, I can I can make something that's part of something else. Sure. So. Right on. Okay. So, next on the hitter shit, Gibson guitars. Oh, hit. <laughs> I just posted a thing about Gibson guitars versus Fender guitars. Um, I was asking like people on Instagram, like, do you like? Actually, I have like a statistic. It was like f- fifty-one to forty-nine percent. There was like five hundred people that voted, which I was. The people either love Gibson or hate them. Yeah, well, because when I posted on my story, it was like all Fender, and then when I looked at my um, Instagram like a couple hours ago, and it was like in one day, it was like I think five hundred something people responded, and it was like fifty-one to forty-nine. It was like swing state, like. Uh, it was it, to Gibson, and I, I mean Gibsons are hit. I have a Gibson SG. I love it. Um, I think the the shit part with Gibsons is the price. Yeah. I think because with the Fender, you can get a good Fender for like five hundred to yeah. six. You can get like a Mexican made Fender that's great for like five to seven hundred. Gibson, the starting price is like thousand dollars. Yeah. Like because like I don't want to get like I'd actually rather get like a high. Some of the high end Epiphones. Are super dope. The I had an Epiphone Les Paul Ultra. It was like this Epi. I think it was a USA made. I don't know if it was USA made, but it was like a really well made Epiphone, um, and it had like an acoustic pickup in it too, and it was like a chambered That's body. Cool. Super cool, and it looked it looked super classy. I loved it, um, but to me that felt better than playing like some of those like crappy Les Paul, like the entry level Gibsons that okay. just don't feel like. I don't know why. It's like the name is like why it's $1,000. But um, Gibsons are a hit generally. Um, I think there's some ish. Like I don't think they're the best bang for buck necessarily compared to like. Yeah, I'd agree. Other, like if you put two grand into a different company, I think mm-hmm. you'll get way more like bells and whistles. You'll get like more premium things. But you're not going to get an SG. That's right, like right. that. They've got me still with that where I'm like, I love SGs. I still love the sound. I love Did you them. hear about. Um, Gibson sued um, Dean because the Dean copied the Explorer, the SG, and the Flying V. Hmm. Like you know, Dimebag Daryl's guitar. Yeah, it's yeah. Basically, an Explorer. Yeah, pretty much. And that's a Dean. Yeah. And so they're out there selling these, basically Explorers and SGs and all this shit, and they they sued them for it, and they won the they won the suit, and so they can no longer sell those Dimebag guitars. Really? Anymore, I swear. Ah. But was this recently that it was they in sued? July? Why after all this time? Dude, that's what that's, the, that's what the judges were saying. They said after 40 years, now you're coming to me. And so the, the only damages they had to pay was $4,000. Yeah. 
Like, make that make sense. Yeah, and like that's, and also just respect dime bags. Like, just legacy. let them make like, the dime bag. Like, yeah, let, let 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 it be a like a memorial. Exactly. Memorial I felt the same way. Too. It's like let dime bag guitar leave that alone like that's not the fight we you need to that's fight, not the right, fight right, right like like go after go after like and go after every other company that's made a les paul copy there's right? like a million les paul copies right? like, like but dean was just such a big like company you know and and they had the the dime bag signature models that were just flying off the shelves and so that is a guitar I never really, I never played at Dean. I never really got into like I play metal and stuff but there's some metal company like metal guitars that I just like never I never tried one, so I never know what it's like, but I just haven't had, I've never had that experience. Like, I've never played a Dimebag Dean guitar. I've not I only played, had like, the opportunity. DC Rich, never played. DC Rich or Trash, if you ask me, but <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to play a Dean Dimebag because my old metal band I was in, my my uh, my other guitar player had one. Okay. So it was, it was sick, dude. I loved it. Yeah. Well, it's a badass guitar. Let's see if I can find one now on, like, Reverb. Dude, they're rare probably, now. Probably, like, worth a lot now yeah. that it's, like, illegal or whatever. Exactly. All right, so next on the hitter shit, um, in-ear monitors. Because some people don't wear them when they play. Yeah. Oh. Some people swear by them. They can't play without them. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a hit. Um, that's a more recent hit. The last couple shows, I didn't have them in. Um, there was, like, quicker turnaround, and we didn't have uh, some of the setup for it. I had, or I had them in. I didn't actually have them plugged into anything. They're right. just ear protection but i need some new in-ear monitors because i have, apparently I have one weird ear one ear is fine never falls out one ear just keeps falling out so i've tried different gummies those, the custom mold I, I think i'm gonna like that might, that might be like my christmas gift to myself right. or something as a good on audiologist but um i think they're a huge hit and they they've uh um for the last two years so last year pretty much um for like the most big for the big chunk of the year um I was like living remotely um and like we were kind of in between living situations and uh so i was like you know living out of like family and stuff like that and like living in pretty minimal spaces and like in-ears were actually really helpful because i didn't have speakers there's like for a whole year i didn't play guitar through a speaker pretty much oh wow um and uh it was a very stale experience at first because you're just like in-ears are not meant for that but um it actually makes me even with the all the benefits of live recording are obvious from like you know people use it for the metronome live and hearing protection but like i actually think when i'm recording so what i do at home now even to this day is i'll still have my in-ears and my speakers on okay so what i'll do is uh i'll still have the click in my ear when i'm like recording and tracking because something about just having that click like just in your brain (laughs) just like hitting it right there just like I don't know, like, one, it's not as annoying to have on the speaker, just like, dun, 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 dun like, super loud, and the yeah. whole family can hear that, and you're just like, it just sounds obnoxious, but, like, but it also being in here and just, like, hearing the little things or hearing, like, um, things like the little feedback from your guitar and the hiss, I think they I think they make you very aware of what's happening in your playing, so... Yeah. Yeah, in ears are hit. I haven't had a shit so far, right? I've, it's all been no, no. Man, I always ended up taking my inners out every time I play a show. So, because, <laughs> you know, like you were saying earlier, you'll hear cues from the drums that you that you need to hear for timing and shit. And so I always ended up taking one out. Yeah. Just, just to hear my drummer. One would be the ideal 
because I, I did a show where I had one in, and, that, and I had the ear that, like, wasn't falling out, and mm-hmm. that was fine, because I had a... It also helps, depending on the venue. So, like, we played a, a show... Um, when we played a show at Trees, I think that that was one where, like, the I had great stage sound with that, and uh, I didn't need in-ears. I, I, I had one in just because I was pretty close to Brandon. I didn't want my left ear to just, like, blow out yeah, from, right. from hearing like from a hearing protection standpoint but like uh the sound was not great on the stage i i could hear everything fine so um there's like a few things i don't need to hear too like there are certain things live where like if like there or rather there's a few things i i really need to hear and then the rest are kind of like it'd be nice too but like yeah, like I, I need to hear the kick drum that's like especially with metal and this kind of playing it's like the kick drum is like that's basically mirroring what I'm playing on the guitar. That's like the, the transient of everything you're doing. Cause a lot of kick drums are just like, especially like, yeah, like yeah. you're doing the same thing. So I need to hear that. I need to hear kick snare, <clears throat> like a little bit of bass. I need to hear my guitar and like, but pretty much like most of that is like, like as long as I have that, it might, I, I would love a great mix, but like, that's the kind of thing where like, as long as I got that on stage, it's, easier the thing is also sometimes with in-ears if it's like falls out while you're playing that happened to me last show and i just threw it out I, yeah. like so monster mosh i just threw it out because i was like i'd use it for ear protection for like the first song and then it fell back and it was like kind of pulling me and i was like Screw yeah then you're trying to find a monitor like i can't hear myself I can't yeah hear myself. <laughs> and so i was like yeah i think maybe getting it fitted will be the oh solution. yeah absolutely i need to have at least one shit that's like, I feel too. Uh, oh, I'm sure you'll get. Nice. I'm sure we'll get one here. Um, so hitter shit. Um, people call them, call it math rock. Like math rock tunings. Like there's a. Yeah. You know what like I'm talking F-A-C. about? F A C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hitter shit on that. On math rock. Yeah. Again, it's another hit. I love math. Yeah. Rock. I mean, I like. I play. I I uh I play a lot of metal, but I listen to a lot of uh stuff that's not metal. Like when I was in college, um, for a while. A lot of the band, I went to school in Michigan, so like Midwest emo stuff was yeah. like a big thing there. Yeah, yeah. So like all the American football kind of, the like the bands that liked that stuff, like or, um, so like math rock was a big thing. I loved, you know, I like math rock a lot. I do think like like any genre, there's like a, there's like. Once it becomes like, so common, there can be like these generic. Thing. like the same thing with like gent stuff and um, with metal it's like there's a lot of like generic gent stuff like oh, yeah. that just sounds like okay this could be five other or third like 20 other bands that like are on my playlist it yeah. sounds kind of the same or like and the same thing with math rock is that sometimes it can but i don't think that's the thing that's like particular to math rock i think it's just uh it's just math rock's become big enough now that like which which is such a funny thing to become bigger because like it's it's nerdy <laughs> like, yeah, I, like I, it's, like, I love it it's like it's a niche thing that i never yeah. thought my nerdy stuff that i liked 10 years ago would be like oh it's cool well i think instagram and it pushed a lot of that you know because yeah. the real technical side of that shit it's cool to watch and, and people like tim henson they, they, that's all they do you know and it's just it's been a huge push of that lately so it's, mm. it's become mainstream i think with math rock there's one, the one slight slight shit is i think if Earn the title of math. I, I like. I think there could be more math. Maybe this is just me 
I have a degree in engineering and like maybe it's just me coming from like a math background or something. Like maybe it's like I sometimes I feel like the math rock when I think about it, I don't think of the math part as much, but I think of the like the twinkly sound, which sure. I like that sound. Yeah. But I think math rock now has been defined more by that sound than the actual like odd time signature or like yeah. something crazy. No, like, I think you're right about that, yeah. Yeah. So that's a slight that's a slight like shit. If I were to if I were to shit on it. Okay. Alright, so how about hit or shit um sharp guitar picks? Like point you know, really pointy ones. That's yeah, that's so that um I have some in my case. Yeah. I've been I was actually playing with those. Um that's a that's a that's a somewhere in between. <laughs> that's like a so I really I really like them, but I can't I, I can't tell if I can actually switch to them. I've wanted to switch them. When you record with them, they're so they they change your tone. Like yeah. it's like using a tube screamer. Oh, picks will change your tone. Oh, picks yeah, picks are a Hands huge. Down. If I were to do a shit for a pick, it would be um, it would be standard jazz threes. Um, Cause I I like jazz threes. Yeah. These are what I play with the John Petrucci's. Oh yeah, I love these. I I have these. I've been trying to. They come with these. I, I wish I had my guitar case. I, I so what I play live is a very different. It's not even this one. I was playing. I've been playing this, but uh, I use these point five millimeter Jim Dunlops. They're like very thin. Yeah, those are like, su- super thin. Yeah, super thin. Like so, so I guess if I were to make a, a shit for picks, it would be thick picks more okay. than the sharp picks, because I think thick. I, I've been playing some of these and like I've been playing with them and like. I, I'll I'll say it's a sh- uh, it's my shit and then probably use it and then uh, feel like a hypocrite. But like, in general, if you can get away with a thin pick as thin as you can get, to me that's the that's the way to go. Because the reason I like the point five and it's and it's also guitar specific. So like with the seven string and that thick uh, tuning, like the reason I like sharper like this is a jazz three xl that's, that's pretty sharp for a bit yeah our uh basically dylan he showed this to me on our first rehearsal and it just changed my world um i recently switched to doing the the point or not recently but like this year switched to the 0.5 um millimeter and i've been using that I've, i'm scared to change that because i've played shows now with it and mm-hmm. i just want that muscle memory to stay yeah but uh these what, are like the only ones I can keep in my hand. Yeah. Everything else seems to like slide, turn. And and even or, those, I like know. the shape of it. The thing yeah. with the tor- the sharps that uh, I can't get to is like so with the low stuff with with the guitar like this for the stuff like that's like. Yeah, that's like stuff. it gets that like that tight like that tight sound of the low end. It cuts through. It really mm-hmm. just makes the guitar sound good. Where I don't like it is the higher notes. And the precision for like like sweet picking on those, I'm not a huge fan on those. I like slightly the the rounded kind of part of it because like like it, it it's a little smoother. That's yeah. where thicker picks are easier in general. But like yeah, so so super sharp. I'm kind of meh. I, I had a video actually that was like, oh, sharp picks are awesome. And then after that, I was like, uh, I don't know. It's it's like I I just like can't. It, it takes reworking a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, thick picks are what I'm gonna shit on instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They make it dull. All right. So how about uh, hitter shit, John Mayer? Because <laughs> uh, he's I, an excellent guitar player. Oh bro. yeah, and I had a, I actually had a podcast. We had a podcast episode about this, um, about John Mayer, and like uh, when I was a kid, shit, and now I super super hit. And the only reason I think when I was a kid was just I was jealous of him. I think it was just because like. 
girls like John Mayer, and I couldn't play that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, he's not that. Well, he used to be like singer songwriter, and now he's turned into this like. I don't know though. I mean, blues like Grateful Dead, like just like almost like a Jerry Garcia type, you know? I don't know, man. I think he's just always been good, and I think because like uh, someone showed me that song Neon on the guitar. Dude, that's a crazy song to play. That's from 2003. That's so hard to play. Like, yeah. That, that's one of like... Show me the da -da 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 -da. And I was like, oh, what song is that? He's like, John Mayer. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard his new stuff. He's like, bro, that's like mm -hmm. a 20-year-old song. And I was like, really? And I think literally just when I was a kid, I think it was just like, I was kind of a snob and I was just like, I like metal and I like this yeah. kind of thing. And I, and, or I like these kind of... And I, I think it was just like, I... I, th I think I was just running from a hormonal energy with right. that one. So like, uh, or I, or I thought he was. I think when I was a kid, maybe I, I didn't also know about the blues side of things. So I I always I think I had this like, okay, he's cool, but is he that? Is he like all that? Like, isn't he just? Mm -hmm. Isn't he just like, like to me, an over guitarist was like Eric Clapton. Like I was like, he's cool, he's fine, but like, I I didn't find it to be like whatever like super yeah like i don't know stand out but i think maybe i i had this impression i didn't listen to a lot of john Mayer. i had this impression of like oh it's just like maybe basic blues stuff but like his guitar playing is like so much more than that it's like yeah like neon like that song is insane or yeah. uh he like some of his guitar work it's just like effortless too because he sings it too yeah. that that's the thing where i'm like this guy's unreal so he switches through styles like effortlessly too yeah he'll go from a deep blues like albert king style to like to like his like modern day kind of sound you know yeah it's like and he can he can kind of like uh <clears throat> he can he can kind of like weave that in with the vocal too because like even with that neon i watched him do a video where it was like the right hand is actually not it's like one per. It's like one percussive. I think I've seen that rhythm. same video. Yeah, when he's like, just do this thing, <laughs> yeah. and then he shows how to do that, and then it's like he gets into this rhythm. But it's like very. Uh, it's like written intentionally. I feel like with like vocals in mind, and that, mm. it's cool. Yeah, he's a hit. Oh yeah, he's a big hit for me too. Okay, so uh, hitter shit. Um, you might not know this guy, but he's he's kind of blown up lately. Um, he's the singer for Slaughter to Prevail, Alex the Terrible. Oh, I've seen his. Have you uh, seen? He's he's got this. I, I've like, seen a little bit. He's got this gimmick that he does where he doesn't use a mic. Like they have a they have a couple breakdowns and he he's like so like loud he doesn't use a mic during the breakdown. I and mean, you can still hear his voice. The only reason I'm trying to think of shits things for stuff is that I haven't really had a true shit. <laughs> All of these are hits because like to me, you must be really fucking loud with. If you don't have a, like if you're filling up the stage without a mic or like you're it's the crazy because like he'll sit there and he'll like he'll like quiet the the crowd down to get everybody quiet and he's like all right when this breakdown comes I'm using my mic and then the breakdown comes in and then his vocals come in over top and you can still hear him that's super hit it's crazy to me. that's yeah. super hit not not just from the technicality but from the showmanship because yeah. like you you know he if you can command a crowd to be like hey. Let's do. It. It's like, it's fun yeah, I, because I gotta show you. It's it's, in, it's intense, man. Like, yeah, I know. That's that's wild. I've seen. I think some of his. I think I follow his Instagram. There's a. Uh, yeah. No. It's it's cool because like, I think when you're a front man, like you have a lot of, uh, 
like you have a lot of responsibility over the crowd of like entertaining like sometimes with a guitar it is especially in metal it's yeah. a little easier to like not think about yourself in the entertainment part because you're so focused on like nailing these like crazy technical parts you're like playing classical music pretty much but like with people like him you know when that breakdown and stuff like people are gonna like you know you gotta hype up the audience you gotta like you know even if even if that doesn't land well like the like it doesn't i feel like it's still like there's a the effort of it is really yeah good. of course i can't find a video now <laughs> that's wild though yeah it's it's a trip dude have they played here before i'm not sure yeah, you'll have to look it up, man. It's it's intense. It's it's. I've never seen that's, another vocalist do that before. Yeah, no, that's it's kind of gimmicky, but it's cool as hell too. Yeah, I mean like. All right, so last thing on the hitter shit, Guitar Center. Oh, that's a shit. Yep. I have fine. I have my. <laughs> you saved me. I have my. I have my one shit. Um, there, like, Guitar Centers are like a, are a. There's like, little nuggets where some are good, some mm-hmm. are like. Like there are some in this, like some in this town that are great, and like because it, it, it all comes down to the people. I think the thing is like, it's like it's like Best Buy. I mean, it's like you, Best Buy now at least. Like Best Buy when I was a kid was like lit. The mm-hmm. Best Buy was so awesome. I loved going to Best Buy, and Best Buy did music gear for a while. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay, because they had that. So like we didn't have. I when I grew up in Lansing, Michigan, it's a relatively small. It's like a college town, so mm-hmm. the capital, but like it's not like. Like, if you want to get anything like a guitar center, you got to go to, like, Detroit area, which is, like, 90 miles away. And uh, so growing up, to me, Guitar Center was that, like, this is the real thing. Because, like, we, the first, we had, like, other music stores, but, like, um, the closest thing to Guitar Center we had was uh, was uh, when Best Buy opened, like, a music thing in there. But, like, yeah. And then, and then also, like, with the same thing with, like, Best Buy or Guitar Center, it's, like, I think a lot of times the thing is like, there's either either I feel like this. That's when my music snob comes in, where I'm like, I know more. Like, just leave me alone. I'll go get my thing. Uh, yeah, Guitar Center. Like, there's some that I've been to where like the people were just like, so they didn't want to work there. And I get it. It's not, it's not probably not the most thrilling job. Probably not mm-hmm. the highest paying job. I get all that stuff. But that's where to me sometimes it's like, uh, like. It's like I'll go for like a utilitarian reason most of the time where I'm like, okay, I, I need cables and I, I need to go like to practice. I'm not going to wait on Amazon. or Actually, sadly, I've used Amazon a lot for gear things, like the little things like XLR cables and stuff oh, yeah. and like guitar cables and stuff. Like Amazon has actually like I, I, I was like holding out for a long time. I was like, no, I'm only going to use Sweetwater. And then sometimes – in during COVID, there's a lot of like outages for or shortages for stuff. So mm-hmm. like, but then Amazon had a ton of stuff. I like Reverb a lot too. Um, Reverb has a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, guitar. I will say though, there are some guitar center and like especially for this kind of music. So like one of the things is like with certain guitar shops that are like more vintage stuff, it's really cool. Yeah. But they might like they might carry guitars that I don't play as much where it's like, um, you know, it's like mostly strats or Les Pauls right, and right. which are g- great. But like when I, if I want to go to play a guitar at a place, a lot of times I'm like, I want to try something I don't have or, or something I might yeah. buy, yeah. which at this time is like 
seven strings, eight strings, the metal, like those head, headless friend. Like mm. that's something I've, I've, I've been, uh, have you played a Strandberg, by the way? No, I haven't. Random tangent. Oh, dude, those are really cool. I, I, I work at a school. I teach at a music school, and um, they have a six-string Strandberg, and it's so cool because, like, the neck is, like, this trapezoid thing. It's, like, the super ergonomic guitar. I wanted to buy something like that, but, like, a lot of times, like, you know, boutique, like, uh, vintage shops and stuff won't have, like, that. Right. But there are some guitar centers I've actually seen in, like, like the nice guitar centers in the Dallas Metro. I think, like, Plano is a really good one or Louisville. And you'll see these like really cool guitars like that are like just like shredder metal guitars that, like or like I saw some Kiesels in uh, one of the guitars and I was like I've never seen a Kiesel in person right. I've only seen them online on YouTube because uh, they don't they don't stock them in places or like these you don't stock so guitar has potential but it's a shit uh, every time I go to guitar center I just get like flooded by like hey can I help you hey do you need this hey hey you know like they're just they're just so pushy and I'm just like man I probably know more than you yeah. can I just let me look let me browse let me do my yeah thing. I mean there's that there's that kind of feeling too sometimes where it's like it's like that meme where someone's like like that guy with the beard he's like checking out he's like the, the, at a, like a re- electronics store and he's like yeah. shut up I know more than you but like yeah. there are times but I to me though it's like if someone is doing that and they're like happy and nice and polite to me that that's that's the bar because i've been to some guitar centers where it's like i've i've went and asked for help and then they're like what do you want mm-hmm. and i'm like first i want some help <laughs> like like or and i'm like hey and, and i'm like or i bought something once where it was like i bought a new interface i opened the box and it's like just it's completely used it had like oil stains on the top and i was like the fuck is this yeah went back returned it <clears throat> guy was like i was like hey like I bought a new thing, but you sold me a used thing. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me check into that. That would have been fine. I would have not been angry. I'm like, shit happens. You work at a corporate store. Right, right. It's not you. I'm not, I'm, it's not like, I'm not coming into it being it's like, you personal. need to, yeah, I'm not, like, yeah. I'm not going in thinking like, you're, you should take pride in this. Like the, just some customer service kind of thing. Mm. The guy's just like, yeah, okay. And like, and you're just like, now I'm mad. Like, cause, yeah. not, but so like that kind of thing, if someone's pushy, I can at least, I'm like, this guy just wants to sell me a guitar. Like, cool. I get it. He's trying to get his commission, but, or he's just trying, maybe he's enthused, but if he's enthused to work at Guitar Center, like good for him. Like that. Dude, if I could mustering make, that up. If I could make a living working at Guitar Center, you're damn right I'd work at Guitar Center. Yeah, but. dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing though is that like, I think it would be, I think with the store like Guitar Center, I think, and I don't know how things work with Guitar Center. My thought is like, if I worked at Guitar Center, I could play guitar all day. Yeah. It's like probably you wouldn't though, but like you'd get to see all like the new stuff come in. So you would know? you? And that's where I'm like, would does it change that much? Like, do the like how how much of the Guitar Center inventory is just like, all right, we have like fifty percent Squire uh, Squire Strass, we have fifty percent or thirty yeah. percent like you know like it's gonna pretty much the the first row is the same across but i guess you're right but maybe i don't know maybe it's different i don't like i think it'd be cool there's a there's a shop i really want to go someone told me about it uh it's called guitar sanctuary up here in mckinney i haven't heard of that one dude you would leave your credit card at home because like (laughs) i haven't gone there yet and we can go sometime i really want to go up there um look it up it's like a gets it's like a boutique shop in mckinney that's like uh that uh, someone told me and it's like all these like really cool guitars that you don't see in other places like you know things like these majesties and yeah. stuff like that or, or just like interesting guitars 
and um, like so something like that, that would be pretty cool. Or working at like a guitar shop where you are buying like, I don't know, like you're buying like unique stuff, like like a Chicago Music Exchange or something mm-hmm. like that, where you're getting like all these like limited runs and stuff like right, that. Right. But like I think, I think I would have fun doing that but then i would probably hit a wall of like all right how many like focus right scarlet interfaces do i want to sell or like how many squires and it, it's cool because i would have that thing of like it, it could be cool where it's like maybe it'd be like oh i'm teaching someone or i'm i can i can give i i'm confident about what i know at guitar so maybe i can give a well-informed thing but like yeah. if someone's there's like a cap i think with like Oh, you have two hundred bucks, and you you're in a guitar center. Like my suggestion's probably gonna be the same thing. Have yeah. you tried the Squire Stratocaster? Mm, Great you, guitar. Get I'm you a phone or something. Yeah, you know, I, I I think you can do so much on those. I, yeah. I had an phone for a long time, dope thing. But yeah, it'd probably get boring. But mm-hmm. yeah, I always joke around like my retirement plan is to like work at guitar center and like be the repair shop guy <laughs> yeah i mean so that's the thing too so the 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 reason why um the thing i like uh the other thing that's like so hit or miss to me with guitar center stuff is uh it really just comes down to people because i had i've had friends who worked at guitar center mm-hmm. who are musicians i've worked with and they're you know really knowledgeable great people and they're like um like they, I, I trust their judgments and stuff too and so like I know people who've worked at Guitar Center who've been great and I know people and they could tell you they would probably say the same shit that I did about the shit list or whatever with it mm-hmm. but um and when it comes to tech work that is one thing I get a little scared about sometimes now because it's like um like I've 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 had some techs I, I've actually there's a couple of techs I've found at some guitar centers that were really good and that they were but I think with guitar center there's a little bit more like uh there's a little bit more um volatility what's the word it's just like someone could just change their job you know it's like it's just working retail right yeah, but like yeah. um especially like for when, like now something I like is if I if I find someone who can set it up, my guitar up exactly how I like it, I want to go to that person. It's like yeah. going to a barber that exactly. you know versus yeah. going to Great Clips. Or yeah. going to like, so <laughs> because Great Clips, you might get the person who sucks next week mm-hmm. or something. So like, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah so to me, because like especially with these guitars, like I found with like things like the bridge and like the electron, there's so much. There's a motherboard in the back of this thing. Yeah. Like there's there's so much stuff that's like intricate that like it's a you know, $3,000 plus guitar or whatever. It's like, I do feel that I want to take it to like, you know, so, and even, even with like uh, luthiers and stuff, I, it's like, I really prefer if someone has worked on like metal, like guitars for like metal and stuff like yeah. that, or they, or um, I've got my guitar set up uh, a lot now at Tone Shop in Addison. That place is super good. Uh, and they have really cool good gear and stuff like that. But their, their techs are really good. And like, got some great setups from there and uh and they it's not just like oh you want to set up okay just leave your guitar like it's like an interview they ask you like they have uh, they, they have one of those like plec machine things too which i haven't used or i don't think i needed a plec but they interview you pretty much They're like so what kind of stuff do you That's play cool. like how do you play yeah. like he was at, you know i was like I, you know i pick pretty hard so like and this this style i do because i like i used to like pretty thin strings on here for a low tuning and he made that work. I've moved up the gauge a little bit, but um, you know, like they they put a little bit of the the 
the like research into like you as a player yeah. and like as they should yeah and it's come yeah. out great and like so to me sometimes especially when you're like playing things like gigs like even if i found someone who's good at guitar center or something it's like they might not be there next week they mm-hmm. might they might have a changing schedule they might like all that kind of stuff like if i can go to a more boutique place or go know a luthier or someone who's been at a shop for like 30 years and is that guy at that shop then like at least i know every time like before a gig if i give his guitar to that person it'll be ready to go well, that's why you know people tour with the same tech with a tech right know? yeah because they know you and exactly. like something that um i've been watching for i've been trying to learn how to set this up on my own too and i've been watching uh specifically uh like john Petrucci's tech um yeah. i think his name is maddie i don't know his last name but with majesties too because they're like so specific in the way that you, you set them up and like uh but even with him, he plays very differently. He picks very lightly and uses thick strings. I pick very hard and I use very thin strings. So it's like, even then, it's nice to know someone who's like, like you've done it once, they know. And and for them, it's probably easy too, right? If it's like, I know how this guy does it. I just have a template in my head. I just yeah. go and do this thing. So Last time I took my guitar to get uh, just restrung, intonated, just kind of a tune-up, yeah. you know, and they put a damn chip in my paint right by the, right by the bridge. I was like, what the hell is this, man? Yeah. And it's like... And and especially when you have like a like a more unique guitar mm-hmm. or something, it's not like oh, I could just get this again off the shelf or something. Yeah. It's like this is yeah. I mean, a guitar is like your Steve Ray. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mind. Joy, yeah, you know? I don't. Yeah, right. I don't <laughs> mind a chip here and there, but but I, you don't expect that when you take it in to get service, you know. Yeah. No. It's it's like a yeah. Or or just like. Um, I've had things where it's like I had something installed wrong, and I'm like, bro, like, how, you installed the like, the you installed the nut wrong. Like I had a guitar that uh, the get the like nut fell out on my PRS. It's like I have a seven string PRS too, um, and like the nut just like fell out when I was changing strings. So and I this t- one is this this nut moves. Yeah, and I didn't know that. So I went when I took it to a different shop, and they're like, uh, that glue was really dried up like that yeah. was not that's not that that's not like normal and i was like okay cool because i was like why is my guitar not staying in tune why is that you know all the all this all these other issues that are coming with it and i was like did i like clean it too strong and they're like that thing should be like glued in there mm-hmm. like you're good like you didn't do anything wrong with that so right on so shit on guitar center there we go yeah, yeah. Shit on guitar center and like a slight shit on, or I uh, not not on sharp picks, but a, a shit on thick picks. Yeah, that's my yeah. So two out of like ten. Eight. Yeah, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Cool. So that, that's hit your shit. I'm generally pretty. I don't know. Just everything's cool. Everything's good. Like right. I don't know. All right. So to wrap all this up, man, let me uh, give me some of your like influences, favorite players and stuff, man. Yeah. Um, it's kind of changed over time. I like if I look at it as like three periods of my life. Like originally, what got me into guitar and all that kind of stuff was like the '60s, '70s, like rock gods, like Jimmy Page, uh, oh, okay. George Harrison, yeah. like uh, the Eagles. Um, uh, I'm trying to think other like Blacks. Tony Iommi. Tony Iommi's and that, that actually he's kind of like been another. Uh, Resurging. He's like the like, Godfather of metal, you know. And just like from a swag perspective, right? Like, I, I think after I got an SG, I wanted to emulate more of my. What's aesthetic. even crazier about him is like he's missing like 
half his fingers. His fingers, yes. Yeah. Oh. So, oh, so that's another guitarist. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with someone named Django Reinhardt. Uh, the bass not, player? No, 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 no. He's like a guitarist from like 1940s or 30s or 40s. But he was someone who influenced Tony Iommi a lot because right. uh, he does like gypsy jazz. <clears> and uh, he, he had like burned his two fingers and he only played with two fingers. This oh, wow. Shreds. Just solos. If you see, there's like only like two or three videos of him on the internet because they didn't have many cameras, yeah, I guess. Right, and right. just like hanging around. But like he'd do these chords with like his finger, just like these two fingers, just like that were like paralyzed too. But like mostly two fingers. And I actually, he was a big influence of mine growing up because uh, one, his music was so good. But two, uh, with soloing, that was something that helped me uh, get a little better. And, with soloing and being more like intentional because like because he uses two fingers he's not just going all like he he would be he would take breaks or take pauses like he would he would have like you know a little bit more like you know he'd play a fast part but then like have a slow part and then he would take like take a two beat pause and like i feel like he became a lot more selective with his note note choice so like I, I started doing that as like a little exercise sometimes when I'm like improvising. It's just only use two fingers. That's a good idea. See yeah. What can you do? Because sometimes yeah. when you have four fingers, you get into that, mm-hmm. and then you can just keep noodling around. It's not musical after a certain point. Yeah. Um, so Django. So yeah, I guess my first guitarists were that. Um, and then like once I really once I that got me into like playing guitar. But once I started playing guitar, um, System of a Down, Master, and uh, so Darren Malakian, uh uh, Macedon is a huge band for me. Um, I love Macedon. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Macedon yeah. is, Macedon is like I think they're the band I've probably seen the most live, and like they influenced me a lot live. They influenced me to write, like just like learning how to like write songs and stuff. Right. And like I just I, I was uh, when I was in high school, I, I moved to a new school, so it was like, I, I, and I moved from Ohio to Michigan. I didn't have as many, you know. I just spent a lot of time at home. I wasn't, I didn't have as big a friend circle, so. I just listened to a lot of System of Down, Macedon. System of Down taught me like drop tunings and stuff. Yeah, right. like, all those bands <laughs> played in like either D standard or C. or drop C. Yeah. So like I, those are also easy to tune. Tunings actually changed a lot of like what you learn because if you have your mm-hmm. guitar in drop C, then it's like I learned that one Kill Switch song, and yep. then I learned. Uh, so I think high school was like getting into like that kind of stuff. I still wasn't into like super deep end of metal, but like um, Slayer. Yeah, so System of Down, Slayer, and Macedon were like. I think what got me into metal playing, like I liked the rhythmic fast playing of theirs. And I, I like riffs. I liked riffs a lot. Yeah. It's yeah, so like, to me still, that's like a big part of my playing is like riffs. So like sometimes like a lot of metal and stuff now is like very based on like Joe Satriani and stuff like that. And I, I never really listened to that growing up. They're mm-hmm. cool, but I, the only, the biggest shreddery guy that I like, loved growing up was Buckethead. That was, oh, I'd, of course. I've seen him yeah. live, which was, like, wild. Uh, he was wild, yeah. It's, so like, Buckethead, like, a lot of, like, early 2000s rock, metal, rock stuff, like, metalcore, like, new metal to metalcore is yeah. what, like, I think inspired my playing a lot and from a metal perspective. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, um, there's some other bands that, like, were big. Like, hey, do you know about Ratatat? No, I don't know Dude, that. Okay, so they were a big thing in, like, 2005 to like 2013 or 14 they, they were actually one of my biggest bands uh they did like electronic music but with like guitars and shred okay so it was really cool it was like instru- so that was actually bef- like when i was in college i used to have a band that i did stuff like that 
Um, but it was like a way to do like metal that was like, but not metal. It was like shredding over electronic stuff. Like okay. it was like dance music with shreddy stuff, uh, which is actually a big thing now. Like a, like hip hop with electro, like with guitars or mm-hmm. electronic or stuff like that with guitars. But um, yeah, I mean in terms of like now, who's a big influence? Um, I really like uh, Jason Richardson. He's a he's a uh, He's a phenomenal guitarist, but also like songwriter. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard his album too. Um, it's like I think that was a newer album. It's one of his albums, more recent albums. It's just like the Roman. Is that Barry. the one he did with Luke Holland? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, he did two. I think he's done all of them with Luke Holland. But oh, okay. um, but uh, like, there's so much. Um, there's so much like cinematog- cinematog- strings <laughs> there's a lot of orchestral stuff on i was like cinematography that's the word uh cinematic that's the word oh, there you go okay. Jeez, i'm tired uh yeah there's a lot of cinematic stuff with it and like to me when i listened to that album i felt like i was watching like a disney soundtrack meets like mm-hmm. tech death gent whatever um so yeah i mean like that was that's cool because like as a guitar player he's just insane but like i think he's like from a songwriting perspective, I think that that inspires that's inspired me a lot with my solo stuff because with instrumental, I want there to be these elements of like movies, like like in World on Fire, you do these like sound effect things, like I have, to have like a machine gun or a cannon or something yeah. in some parts, and like I want it to feel like you're watching something, like you're if you were to you could overlay this on a on a video and it'd work. So like yeah, he's he's really big on that, and then. Um, I don't know. There's like so many bands. I feel like I could just keep going, and then like I'll think of one after. I'm like, why didn't I not think of yeah. this person? And then like, so I think uh, Jason Richardson's a new person, but like <laughs> recently, who's really inspired my guitar playing and just like playing live is uh, like Slipknot, uh, Nick Thompson, because like uh, one of the biggest things that like has helped me with my playing in the last two years is like um, technique, but more things like posture because like there were two years ago i was like having a lot of back pain with guitar uh, playing and a lot of it's from playing guitar um being hunched over all the time being hunched over and then when you're recording i mean this having a chair that doesn't have this you're just like sitting out front like i didn't i didn't realize i could just sit back here which is nice but like yeah like and so that that kind of thing just like when you're playing live too like posture that affects uh sorry um the way you play that affects like like I've I've been really inspired about uh or not inspired I've just been really like fascinated about like how can I like improve little technical things that yeah. like can make me play faster or stronger and like stamina and like so like little things like when I watch Mick Thompson he's like that dude is one he's a huge strong guy but like when you watch his posture and stuff it's he's, like he's like up here like yeah it, it's like he's up here and then his arm is just like it's just like so it's like it's so precise and so like uh, like if you watch the way he picks too it's like it doesn't look painful Mm -hmm. like he can do some speed picking stuff uh that's just like you're right he does have like a really it's like just from here and like to me that's cool because you'll pick cleaner you'll pick uh stronger and then you'll also like be able to do it i I mean slipknot's been around for 20 30 years i mean you'll be able to pull off like some bands can't pull off the stuff they did when they were younger like but slipknot you know they're still kicking it and they're like 40s or 50s and they he's, he's he looks 
effortless while he's doing it. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I've been watching some people like him more from like, not even just from like a musical thing of like, I love Slipknot, but like more just from like a, how should I, how can I become a better live performer? Like, how can I get, become a better guitarist from like a, a like as a professional? Like, right. so, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming through, man. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this is a great episode, honestly. Oh, yeah, it's fine. And yeah. I, I know you said an hour. We probably went over that. I mean, I keep, it's all good, dude. Yeah, I can yeah. keep talking about guitars yeah. and gear. And, Same. Yeah, yeah. that's what I do with all my free time anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, Absolutely, dude. Appreciate yeah. you coming through. And uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And uh, y'all be you. We're going to be us. Later. If you'd like to see raw, unedited live episodes, follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash what's up with that. To watch full episodes of what's up with that, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash what's up with that.